You are listening to the Fan Club Podcast, where two polar opposites experience each other's fandoms for the very first time. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of the Fan Club Podcast. My name is Sarah. This is Matthew. And we have some special guests. We have the gentlemen that make up Earth 894. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Hello, everyone. Thanks for having us. So yeah. uh, my name is Devin Stone. I am one of the uh, co-hosts at Earth 894. And you're going to hear from the best co-host in the world, in my opinion. No bias here. Hi, my, my <laughs> name is Louie. I am the other half of Earth 894 podcast, Marvel Cinematic Universe adventure that we go on. Uh, thank you for having us today. Yeah, tell, tell the people a little bit about what you guys do week to week. Like, what's your podcast about? Yeah, so we like to pretty much do uh, what a lot of people do out there and put our own little, like, unique twist on it. But we talk about whatever news that usually kind of catches our eye that's going on in uh, the MCU, but also anything that's like adjacent, you know, like Sony with all their Morbius. Yeah. We covered so much Morbius. It was Morbin time (laughs) every week. Yeah. We love Morbius. Um, We loved it so much. It's the best Morbius movie ever made. We swear by it. We Um, want Morbius. It'll probably be the only Morbius movie ever made. Uh, Oh, darn. I've been told it just did not do well. Uh, It, 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 yeah, no. Um, as Loki said, as uh, Loki said, and uh, one time in a meme. Uh, yes, very sad. Anyways, we also do uh, reviews on things like the shows and episodes, like Loki, and uh, we like to talk about just anything that's usually fun about MCU and try and just kind of somehow try and not talk about our latest escapades and collecting like Funko Pops every week. So yeah, well, we do. We have a yeah. segment called MCU for You. That's where we talk about. The movies we've watched, the TV we've watched, the Funko Pops we've collected, you know, anything that's Marvel in Nerd's our lives. Nerd's gonna nerd. Hey, you gotta Heck do what yeah. you gotta do. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right now we're going over uh, Miss Marvel, mostly. That comes out every Wednesday. And uh, we are super jazzed for Thor, Love and Thunder. Uh, oh, yeah. I, don't I cannot know. wait. I watched, I watched half the trailer with a sound off because I didn't oh. want to spoil it myself. It looks so good. Don't, <laughs> don't, has don't not watch seen trailers. Any trailers. So even every time, I love this, I literally wait every time it happens. So when we go see a movie, uh, Louis tries to avoid trailers as much as possible from Marvel stuff. He yeah. will literally be like two seats away, closing his ears, closing his eyes, mumbling something to himself, like a low audible hum, but like I think loud I enough might so he can't hear to, the stuff. It's good. I think I might need to start <laughs> doing that because like trailers, especially like the, the later, the, the latest episodes that we've been doing i've been like watching the trailers before i watch the whole movie mm-hmm. and i'm oh, like yeah. severely disappointed <laughs> with the trailer <laughs> like i always have like super low expectations going in because i watch the trailer and i'm like this isn't the like none of what's in the movie is in the trailer yeah yeah <laughs> I, I feel like the trailers have too much of what's in the movie in it like you watch too many trailers and then it gives you this much of it the just movie, is this a different it's just a different vibe, I feel like. So, yeah. As far as the Thor Love and Thunder trailer that I know of, I've seen the little boy running across the screen and Sweet Child of Mine playing. And then usually I go, in the middle of the theater, like, <laughs> like a child, but I'm a grown-ass man. Yeah, sorry, Louie. It's spoilers, but uh, ac- that's actually Axel Rose. Axel Rose and the rest of Guns N' Roses are in Guardians. I mean, uh, Thor Love and Thunder. So. Thor. I'm sorry. Yeah. So today we are covering the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. What is your guys's like 
uh, relationship to this movie? You guys saw it when it came out. I saw this movie. I have a little, a funny little story. Um, my friends all saw it together on my birthday. We had made plans to go see it together, but we were all working at the time. So it was hard to see it, all of us together. So one guy got left out, which is now the only friend that's still around, my friend Richard. And he would not live it down. Every I hate the Guardians. I'm never watching that movie. I hate you guys every time it got brought up. Until one day we were just sitting downstairs, and I just turned it on on the television. And he's like, no, I'm not watching this. I said, you can leave if you want. And he's like, <laughs> he just watched it. So I just I remember it being my birthday. We all went into this terrible theater by our house, and uh, we Guardians did up. Um, when it came out, nobody knew who these people were. Really, the 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 big comic book guys knew, but they didn't know what we didn't know what a Star Lord was or a Gamora, Drax the Destroyer. Because these weren't like big, like these weren't like one of the big people in the comics correct uh, not they were kind of really. like like they were like yeah. a, a almost like a joke just people didn't really catch on to them or they weren't as popular and like your like weekly releases and everything just because they were just very ragtag but i think really what this movie does is really show like the actual potential of what this group can do and i mean now they're one of like the most beloved parts of the mcu and i mean they have yeah, their own theme park rides everything it's insane because yeah, they weren't together. Their group wasn't together until 2008 for the Guardians arc. Ah, gotcha. Is when the five of them were combined. But like Star Wars, Star Lord appeared in January of '76. I think you're gonna be doing that a lot. Accidentally calling him Star Star Wars. Uh, Rocket was introduced in summer of '76. Gamora was in June of '75. Drax was in. I actually introduced an Iron Man in February of 73 and Groot appeared in November of 60. So they've been around for several decades, but they weren't big. What was the, um, like general, like opinion when this first movie, when this movie was first announced, like were people excited about it? Were people like, eh, I don't know about this. I know from like, uh, like I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. And every now and then he'll talk about from time to time, like remembering, like, man, I remember when that movie got announced, and I was like, Marvel, uh, I love you guys, but like, really? Are you are you sure? And I mean, everyone, I don't, I don't know anyone personally. <clears throat> excuse me, I don't personally know anyone who actually dislikes at least Volume One of Guardians. Guardians Two, I I know it's not everyone's favorite. We haven't made it uh, that far yet, Devin. I know. I'm just saying. But I mean, just like I'm just trying to set the precedent, though. That Guardians One is like super beloved. I mean, it's been. I have yet to speak to anyone that is like, "Oh yeah, Guardians One is trash." Like everyone loves it. Nah, like, Louis, isn't it one of your top? I believe it was in my top five. Yeah. I have had so many people, both in person and online, tell me that they're really excited for me to get to this one. I yes, really sir. hope I don't disappoint you guys. <laughs> Because, I mean, no, it's, it's also good. the first one that was done by Disney that was not in correlation with the Avengers. Right. Yeah. It wasn't one of the Avengers I parts. think, for me, personally, going in blind, I, it was hard for me to wrap my brain around only because I was, I've been in such Avengers mode lately. Like, I, I've had a 
relationship with with the Avengers, for lack of a better word, for you know, almost two, almost a a, a was a phase and a half. Mm. So like I, it was a little bit um a little bit difficult kind of getting my head around the, this movie just because it was all new people and it was such vastly different locations. Like yeah, and we've been on Earth this whole time except for Asgard, of course, but. Starting out in the movie, we uh, we are in 1988, which sets the stage for fantastic music in this movie. Yeah. Like my I, my dad's a my dad's a guitar player, oh, uh, nice. not a, not a famous one, but he's a guitar player. <laughs> um, Same. And I grew up around like what I refer to as dad rock, um, uh-huh. and so this music is my childhood. This this is the type of music that my dad would play in the house just for fun. I I have a lot of um a, like a, just a love for for the soundtrack specifically of this movie, and I love how it's all framed around this cassette tape. Do you want to guess the state that uh, Peter Quill was in? The what? The state. Oh. Um, was he in Missouri? I, yep. I was gonna go Middle America somewhere. Yeah, it's Missouri. <laughs> the only way you can tell is because above the nurses' stand, there's the two two flags, USA and Missouri state flag. Mm-hmm. Above the nurses' station. I don't think I would recognize the Missouri state flag if I saw it. To be completely honest, Missouri is on Earth. <laughs> His grandpa. Um, nobody in the, nobody in this recording is gonna have any frame of reference for this, but his grandpa is played by the guy who plays Quinn's dad in Glee, which I was kind of excited to see. <laughs> Quinn's dad in uh, Glee? Yeah. I grew up watching Glee. It was like a massive thing for me in high school. I know it's a bad show. I recognize that. Oh, uh, no, no hate. No hate. Oh, Quinn was the girl that... Yeah, okay. The, the girl that got pregnant, the cheerio- Yeah. Leader? Yeah, it's her dad. He plays well, an asshole dog. in everything. He wasn't an asshole in this. Yeah, I know. I was kind of shocked. I was like, why is he not a bad guy? <laughs> Take my um, hand, Peter. <laughs> this scene where his mom is dying from cancer and then he immediately gets abducted by aliens. So traumatic. Yeah, the first like time seeing this in theaters, I was not prepared for that moment. And for me, that was like, oh my God. I mean, it's not on the same. If I had to put out like a scale of like one to 10, where maybe 10 is the, the intro uh, life um, cinematic in the beginning of Up, with Carl and his wife oh to like Bambi's mom getting killed. I'd say it's probably a good mix between that. Like for me personally, I, I was like, this movie oh, looks fun. It looks oh great. And I'm like, what the hell is this man? Like the first five minutes, it was, it's a little sad. It got my heart. Up. He gets kidnapped by aliens. I don't understand yeah. how he's so well adjusted. Like he seems like a pretty normal dude. All circumstances, you know, I think he's supposed to be like in his 30s. So, I mean, it's been about 20 I know, years. but like, about 20 25 years i think it said mm. at the beginning i think it said like 26 years later or something maybe i think there was like a title card if i'm remembering correctly but like still i mean there are people with like much less trauma than that that like take it with them for the rest of their lives so like oh he has trauma don't you worry you will see more of his trauma i just i wasn't expecting not to say that like these movies haven't had like pretty poignant sad moments i mean we literally deal with Tony Stark's PTSD in these movies, but mm-hmm. it's like a different scale. I feel like in this one, 
Yeah, I think that it also comes down to just James Gunn knows how to really mix emotions and themes while still keeping mm-hmm. it on like some central line, like keeping it in the center, and that's what you're actually experiencing here. It's not even the most heart wrenching scene in the movie. I, yeah, I know, but still, like, like, there's a lot in this movie of different points like that. Yeah, just entirely. Um, but yeah, he gets abducted by aliens. And uh, the only thing he has with him from Earth is his Walkman. In the gift. He's, what planet is he on that he breaks into this cave? Or does it not matter? No, that, that definitely matters. He's on Morag. Yeah. Okay, I'm assuming that comes into play later. Yes. I, I'm not saying anything, but he's on Morag. It, it comes back in. Later. The Power Stone is on Morag. <laughs> yeah. I do really like his, like, mask thing that he uses to... To his like breathing apparatus thing, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I, I just I thought that the uh, the cinematography of like the special effects of him like putting it on and you like wearing it as one of those like old school like Bluetooth headsets. <laughs> yeah, and it's also part of it too because that's one thing that's really good about this movie in general. Even like as I rewatch it, there's more little things that uh, like just detail. Time. Yeah, and one of them too is like, well, you know people complaining in star wars how do they do this and that well it's like it's supposed to be fantasy guys don't question everything as in why do they have sound in space because they're not supposed to um but he does have like where it originates i believe it's shown as like back of his right ear he has yeah. almost like what looks like an like a component yeah it's really that's where also he has like a universal he has an implant of like a translator He's got one. In the, he's got. Yeah. yeah. For those of you who can't see this, he's literally holding up. Louis is literally holding up a mask that is a la Star Lord's little space mask. You know, when I started okay. the podcast with Louis, we started together. I did not expect him to be such like a prop, like just person. Aficionado is not the best word, but I will just be talking about something, and he'll be like, "Bam! Here's this like ten inch Galactus that." I made one reference to and then all of a sudden Galactus is in the episode. Talk about a different character. Bam. He's got something else for it. There you go. That's See? <laughs> he's literally eating a planet in his mouth. Like, Louis is the master of mouth. podcast prop comedy. He's the eater of so, It's such a shame that this is a, not a, a, a visual medium. It happens. Neither is ours. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, he, so he breaks into this cave. He steals the, the orb that later houses the power stone um he basically Star gets Lord, caught man. but there are some cool interesting things on the walls in that cave you see the creators of the universe on the walls yeah. that's cool you see lot you see the person of life person of death it's what empathy and i don't remember the fourth one but you see the four creators of the four main beings of the universe i didn't on even know wall. that there's, you uh, see it for a split second. There's yeah, there's death. Uh, I don't know if that's actually the formal name, but basically you have death, you have eternity, you have entropy. Entropy. Is it entropy? Is it? Uh, I didn't entropy. even notice there was anything on the walls. <laughs> yeah, didn't look at all. Yeah, but it's basically trying to show you. Like that's the other thing in this movie. Just not even just the little details. Like even the prison scene. I'll bring something up later. But this movie really set up the cosmic everything to do with the infinity stones i mean it gives us yeah. like an actual true origin of just like explaining and introducing it to the the audience when uh james gunn even tweeted about it saying like honestly they just wanted me to have 
like one reference to Thanos cameo in this movie. All the rest they said I can pretty much come up with. So like from just him on full will and him having the true like knowledge of the uh, source material, I mean, it just pays off greatly here. And exactly like those little things you might even know that are there. And still trying to find like Easter eggs like five years later. It's insane. Jeez, that's a more recent find. Is that? I don't know. I Maybe I didn't notice it because I'm um, bad at noticing things. But also our, our TV has really bad glare in our living room because we have great big windows. So it's like... <laughs> It's really hard to see sometimes, but I de- I didn't even notice there anything there was anything on the walls. Yeah, it's big on the Texas floor, sun. Yeah, it's on the floor on the walls. It's like carved into it. I'm gonna have to rewatch the movie then. I'll find the. I do the love movie. that. So he calls one of the guys like that captures him. Um, he calls him a ninja turtle, and I did. I thought this later after we finished it that all of his references are '80s references. Yeah. Which I thought was an interesting touch. I didn't think about that in within the movie. Oh, just oh yeah, There's, that's when and, he gets kidnapped. Yeah. No, I don't know. I get that, but I just I find it really funny that all of his little like when he calls somebody a name, it's always a reference to something from from the eighties, which is nice. A uh, little nice touch. That's all he knows. Um, how did he get his technology to work in space? Like his like how did he get batteries in space? Like to power his Walkman. I gotta Tricky. imagine. You're in space. I mean, you see all the technological advancements yeah, that they so have compared to Earth. They gotta have something. The Guardians actually, uh, something happens with batteries later on with them. So you'll see batteries in the Guardians movies. It would be quite all right. Yeah. So then we go to oh, what's his face? The who's the what's his face? Ronan. Ronan. We go to Ronan. The accuser. Um, we fi- yeah, we figure out he. Um, wants to destroy Xandar. There's this, like, very long sequence where, like, they're getting him dressed and, like, painting him and stuff. Mm-hmm. Which was, like, very uh, odd. But the uh, the blue makeup, I kept thinking, reminded me of... Do you guys remember the movie Big Liar? Oh, big yeah. Big Fat Liar. It's a Big Fat Liar. The one with Paul Giamatti and... Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. That, it's just like, I don't know Munis. if it's like a particular Munis, shade Munis, of yeah. blue. And then when Ronan pretty much, when he kills the Xandarmian and the blood goes into that pool thing, that's where he got out of. So he literally sleeps in the blood of his enemies. That's very unsettling. That's metal, man. That's Kree. <laughs> that, that, is, that is just... That's what they do. That's Ronan. His enemies. Because it it goes into the same, like, vat that he woke up in. Yeah, he's a pretty bad guy. We also get some um, references to, was it, is her name Nova, the blue chick? That she's Thanos' son. Nebula. I had a thought. Nebula. A daughter of Thanos. Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. Words are hard. There's the daughters of Thanos and the sons of Thanos. I literally asked Matthew out loud. I was like, so Gamora is a daughter of Thanos and and Nebula is a daughter of Thanos. Thanos is purple. Nebula is blue. And Gamora is green. You'll, How you'll, does this you'll, work? you'll find out. <laughs> Let's move along. No, Thanos isn't. Is I don't think Thanos has any biological children in the MCU. Not in the MCU. If he, that helps. He does in the comics. I mean, we said the same thing about Voldemort, but look at Cursed Child. Yeah, but that doesn't count. We don't talk about Cursed Child. <laughs> I agree. 
We don't talk about cursed child. We don't. If you want to talk about a cursed child, I mean Peter Quill, man, that poor kid. Um, he's got a lot of curses going on. But people who haven't read Cursed Child are like, what? Voldemort has a kid. Thanos in the comics has a daughter with death in the comics. So Ron Xandar and basically Rocket is like people watching, and we get our Stanley cameo. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. It was he was actually going to have a different cameo. But then Disney didn't like that, and so they made. Yeah, was it like super like not um, he was family friendly or something? Yes. I mean, they had him in Iron Man as like a Hugh Hefner stand-in, so but that like, was also not Disney. That was Paramount. This is true, but I'm just saying it's not far off. That scene with Rocket's one of my favorites when he's pointing at the little kid walking down the stairs and he calls him a little gargoyle and he yells, it's not yeah. okay to get help. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I think Rocket is like one of the best things about Guardians. Just period. Oh, man. So. I. Yeah. Without, I, I, I assume just in pop culture, you've seen that Groot becomes small. Yes. That I assume you know that. You I don't know, always have big giant group, right? I know the existence of baby group because Matthew loves baby group. So, I'm sorry, Matthew. I'm going to say this. I I believe that giant Groot in Guardians One is superior Groot, and it's not close. Uh, but we have baby Groot in the brain, though. Yeah, but in Guardians this... Two, and then baby Groot dancing at the beginning of. Guardians 2, though. Matthew loves the comedy. Oh, this this giant Groot's the best. He is just the best. I, one of my favorite facts about Groot is that he um, that Vin Diesel recorded his line in like a number of different languages. Yeah. Because yeah. he only says one <laughs> thing, so it's not that hard. Soy Groot. Yeah. He says a total of four words. Four unique words. He says no, we five, are Groot. Five. Yeah, so we are Groot, and then I am Groot. So that's total of one, one, two, no, four, four, four unique yeah, four, words. Four unique words. There it is. Yeah, we he can count. He don't talk good like you and me. Yeah, <laughs> we all adults here. We talk. I was really hoping they didn't make a romance with Star Lord and Gamora, but yet they did because they, well, they had to. to. Yeah, come on. There always has to be a love interest in every movie. I was glad that she rejected his kiss, though. Thank God. Yeah. Not that I dislike Starlord or anything. I just could do with one of these movies without a single romance. That would be nice. Yeah. Well, that's okay. I, I mean, honestly, that is a fair, I mean, to kind of beat that trope. You don't always need your, your Bond girl or your, you know, person who's like a damsel in distress. I think it's just because I have, and I say this in like literally every single episode, I can't stand Pepper Potts. Okay. I, I don't know if it's my beef with Gwyneth Paltrow or it's the character, but I, I can't stand how she's just, like, there. And she actually does something in Iron Man 3, thank God. But, like, uh... She's I, the CEO of Stark Industries. No, but, like, I mean, she's she, she's the love interest for all intents and purposes. And that, like, irks me. And I really like Black Widow because she doesn't have the romance aspect watering her down. Give it to and me. I was kind of <laughs> but alas <laughs> the way you're reacting makes me feel like I'm going to eat my words no no she doesn't have a r- romance with Tony Stark yeah it's not with Tony Stark um I think the first thing that we get without like a love interest is probably the Black Widow movie 
I seem like a huge hypocrite because I'm a massive Captain Peggy fan. Like, I love them. Is But I don't think there's one in Captain Marvel. Is there? I don't think there's a love interest no, I in guess, Marvel. I guess you're right. Captain Marvel doesn't have one either. Yeah, now I'm yeah. like going through my head trying to think if there's anything prior, but yeah, maybe it's the Hawkeye funny. show doesn't have one either. If that helps. <laughs> well, if you but, got I mean, his wife, is, but, yeah, he has, a, yeah, but not for I mean, But that's not a that's not a love interest. Yeah, she's barely fair. in it at all. Like, I don't get me wrong, I like Gamora, but I had high hopes for for them not not just automatically resting on their laurels with with her with just inserting a romance plot mm-hmm. and. Yeah, the one thing that's kind of interesting though too, with um, just the whole romance aside, I mean, yeah, Peter, I mean, you right away you see him. He has that one. Uh, I think she's pink or she's purple. Uh, the one girl who just kind of, yeah just crawls up, and if you notice, she's actually wearing the same shirt he got abducted in. Um, yeah, which, that's the real magic of it all. How the hell does that shirt still stay in like a good quality? I've, seen, must have some, I've like, seen girls on TikTok. Detergent I've seen that's girls amazing. on TikTok buying shirts from like the kids section and wearing them. So it it, it girls do it. I don't. I'm just saying, how does he keep it. that shirt like not ripped, torn, like completely yeah, faded after like 26 years? I and you see that guy. Dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. But uh, basically, I mean, you can still see he's a bit of a womanizer. He's a very kind of like, uh, just like he's like Iron Man. Kind of he's, he's, like, he's like Iron Man. He's like Tony Stark in Iron Man One. He laid with a with an Askavarian. Yeah, yeah. And they Ooh, have man who laid with Askavarian. It was yeah. one time. And they have uh, they have spikes. Yeah, I wouldn't quote me on that. Um, but my original point was being like, there is that romance piece with him and Gamora. I mean, we're gonna see more of it unfold. But I mean, really, it comes down to is like. They're really trying to discover how can they actually be a team and then also like creating a family element out of it too. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the best pieces of like the Guardians is that uh, like out of all the other teams you see in the MCU throughout the f- various phases, I feel like the Guardians probably do one of the best jobs of having their differences but trying to actually resolve them in a better like not so health, not like not saying that like it's super healthy, but no matter what at the end of it when like thick. Or like when things really get thick, like they can actually still band together and set aside their differences and still make like sacrifices for one another. I mean, that's one of the best parts about this whole movie with towards the end with how they take down Ron and everything. So I think that's like one of the best parts is really just like the love is the family element. Yeah, it's basically a found family, essentially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they're all lost souls. Yeah, I just I'm all I'm saying is I think romance complicates those dynamics a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, we see it in, like, every freaking movie that, like, somebody has a romance with somebody else in the group, and then they fight, and then the group starts fracturing. And, like, that's not, that, that's not what these movies are. Mm-hmm. So, that's, that's all my frustration is, really. I think everyone would go on Gamora's side, not Peter's side on the Guardian side. If there was, like, a situation like that, they'd be like, yeah, whatever, Quill. Uh, we're going with her. <laughs> um, and we have uh, our first introduction to Glenn Close. I don't know what her character's name is. I'm sorry. Nova Prime. I'm, I'm bad at this. Nova Prime, the leader of the Nova. I Corps. freaking love Glenn Close, though. Yeah, don't she will forever to be. She will forever be Cruella Deville in my brain. That's why she's so familiar. I never looked up her IMDb page, but now it all clicks. 
I watched that. Trust me, and my mother, if she were listening to this, could attest to this. I watched that movie on repeat constantly as a child. Mm. (laughs) Um, I love Glenn Close. She's amazing. Um, What an icon. The prison Uh, scene is was one of the best. Man, they're walking up, and then the big giant blue guy is up in Star Lord's face, and he goes, "Oh, we got some fresh meat," and then. (laughs) The best character in the movie, Groot, shoves his fingers up dude's nose and lifts him off the ground. Baby yeah. Groot can't do that. Big Groot can't. <laughs> lifts him off the ground. And this guy's like, oh. And Rocky gives his little speech and he says, we go through you. And then guy falls down and I'm like, yeah. You know that's nuts. Nathan Fillion, right? Yeah, that guy's Nathan Fillion. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't know that, but. It doesn't surprise me now that you say it. He Matthew like got really into that that show, The Rookie, a while back. Oh, like, like that police show he's in, right? Yeah. I still need to watch. I do still need to finish season four. I just know Nathan Fillion from Captain No Doctor Horrible Sing Along Blog. Yeah. God, that brings me back. <laughs> he's, he's also TDK in the new Suicide Squad movie. For five minutes. I mean, I love Nathan Fillion. He's like in a million things. I love him for like Castle. Uh, I know that like my my brother is a my older my oldest brother is a massive Firefly fan. Firefly, Firefly. yeah, Firefly is pretty good. Uh, I I can't lie. I've only seen one episode. Uh, wasn't my thing. <laughs> um, I love that they're discussing how hard getting the battery is going to be, and then Groot just rips it out like you know nothing. Batteries. See, there you go. Batteries. Oh, okay. I see where you're going with that. So even even before the batteries, um, we meet Drax the Destroyer because Gamora's like getting ready to get just absolutely murdered, shivved to death. Okay, here's my question: Why is this prison like mixing genders? Because as, like, as far as Rocket said, they just make sure that nobody escapes. They don't care about what happens on the inside. And okay, also maybe because... space is different because I've watched every prison documentary that is known to mankind and that does not happen on Earth, at least. For what well, it's worth, I don't, <laughs> for what it's worth I don't think there are any actual space prisons. But if there are, <laughs> I, I don't know if they mix genders or what have you. But for this movie, they needed her to be with everybody else. So that's that just seems highly dangerous. What, what they did, and then one of the best lines from the movie is, uh, is is Drax ready to to cut her head off, and then Peter's like, "You come with us, and then we'll go get Ronan, and then you can." And he says, Why would I drag my finger across his throat? The man doesn't get metaphors. Yeah, but even after that, he looks at that really ugly guy, and he goes. I like this knife. I'm keeping it. That was my favorite knife, which is hilarious. <laughs> Come on. Best part. These are good one-liners. Also, I mean, the iconic, that is like one of the best jokes in the MCU, um, is like when they're coming off the plane, he's like, we need this, I need this. And he's like, I'm going to need that guy's leg. <laughs> cool, it's a leg. And he's like, ha, you actually did it? It's like, no, I don't need it. It's like, uh, I just hey, transferred it's like... him 30,000 units. <laughs> it's like, oh, like, what, what did that guy say? What did he yeah. look like hopping around? <laughs> I do love the line the um they Starlord calls Drax a thesaurus. Do not call me a thesaurus. 
That's an important. That was funny. Um, yeah, and then they escape from prison. I don't like. I'm not gonna lie, I don't really have a ton of notes on that scene specifically. If you guys have a lot to say, that'd be. Well, as they escape prison, um, they need the orb because the orb is worth four yes. million billion units, something like yeah. that. Four billion units. So they need the orb, and Peter's. Peter needs his Walkman. We see why later, but he needs it. So he tells them, go be free, you know, take the orb and go. I'll be there. Just give me a second. And then they're waiting for him. And they're like, why are we waiting for this guy? We don't even know. We have the orb. Let's go. Turns out he tricked him. He still has the orb. Goes in, beats up that blue guy for his, he was listening to Hooked on a Feeling. Blue Swede, that's my song. He was, uh, took it. Now he's flying through space and he gets onto the thing. And then they, they're off to, uh, nowhere i believe yeah they yeah are, they go to nowhere and when they enter nowhere there is a shot like an establishing shot of them entering nowhere and it reminded me so much of the movie coco oh yeah when they when you first see like the afterlife and like there's like that big sweeping shot of like the the town for lack of a better word mm. I don't know. The, the cinematography in that scene really reminded me of Coco for some know. reason. I feel like Nowhere doesn't remind me of Coco at all, but, but I'll take I've never seen Coco. So. It's that specific shot, not necessarily the place. Hmm. That's fair. And nowhere is pretty cool, too, because, I mean, like, this is another thing that just... It's... Nowhere. It's a place. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, I mean, it's the... Uh, it's an entire, like, space outpost inside of the head of a now it's, a, dead. it's in a celestial's head which you we you'll see more celestials in eternals which is once again like you're saying a whole new thing spoilers yeah. man i'm not looking forward to eternals uh and we have this scene on the, ten, the ten call, out, why did i almost call it a boat uh the ship um with gamora and uh star lord and he like tries to kiss her and I, or it's on like it's not in the ship. It's the um, it's there while they're waiting for the collector. Yeah. So it's like out on like a bridge. Yeah, yeah. But he tries to Is kiss it... her. I'm glad she stood her ground. We kind of he's playing Sam Cook. I did like how they like he put her his headphones on her. I thought that was kind of sweet. But I like that she like didn't cut. She didn't kiss him back. That was nice. Said she took her knife or her sword to his neck. Was this the one where she goes like? yelling with the headphones in. I'm like, your pelvic yes. sorcery will not work on me. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. one of, pretty funny. They, like, are all, like, out partying and they're, like, gambling. I love those. What are, what are those little dinosaur things that they're, they're gambling I with? I don't know. It would be the rats. I don't know. They're, like, they're rodents. I feel like it was, like, their version of, like, Vegas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> their version of chicken fights. Yeah, that was fun. Or like dog fighting or something like that. Yeah, is this where is this where he uh like at, he fumbles with the with the orb and that's, it's completely that's like, in um that's in the collector. Mm, that's what it was. But my issue with that scene with um when Drax and Rocket are fighting, Star Wars yells four billion units. That entire place is infested with outlaws. Wouldn't one of them have, like, killed them to get the units? Right? They don't have the units, so killing them is useless. But they would have gone the orb. Yeah, they would have gone whatever they were trying to sell. 
Honestly, I think yes, probably would have happened. But given, like, would it make the story of the movie any better? I think it's just like, uh, like what, what? Like you maybe hear rumblings, but they're not gonna do another fight scene. It would probably just like add unnecessary minutes, or who knows? Maybe they did and they cut it. Um, yeah. but one thing that is really good that I'm glad they did feature here, like going back to the heart of it all, right? With the Guardians, yeah. I mean, we get to see Rocket, who is like one of the most like uh, unique characters who really has a lot of good depth just because of all his like uh, like modifications and all the tests they've done on him and just the trauma he has. I mean, you get to hear him almost like have a little bit of a breakdown as he's like aiming his gun at everyone and he's telling like, I didn't want to be, I didn't ask for any of this. I didn't want this to my life. I don't want to be this monster because that's how he really sees himself all the time. And that's like, once again, like, Beginning of the movie, they hit you in the feels right away. Laugh, good times, some action, some fights, really good quips, you know, innuendos up the wazoo. Um, mm-hmm. But then, like, it brings you back to, like, this grounded reality that there's actually still, like, good uh, substance to these characters in the story. And that's just another thing that's, like, very unique about this movie in the MCU that just <laughs> hits home. And I'm just, I'm a really big fan of Rocket because of it. Yeah, the... The important part of the the uh, the rodent fighting, the the you know the the cockfighting, if you will, was yeah. that they were getting pretty sauced up. You know, they were drinking. Yeah, they they were, they were drunk, and and Rocket finally has like a a breakdown because he keeps everything bottled up, and once he gets all mm-hmm. all wasted, he's like, "Oh well, she called me vermin, and he called me a rodent." And he's got the guns ready, and he's just, yeah. So that was, like, a, a big deal that he finally let something out, like Devin was saying. Yeah. Um, and then I guess this isn't our introduction to the Collector, but we Oops. Yeah. we meet him in a more formal sense, I guess. I said this in our Thor Dark World episode, um, which, as of recording this, it goes up, goes up next week. Um, but... Shout out to Brian. <laughs> yeah. That's our boy. Uh, <laughs> I feel like all we do is plug this guy now. <laughs> the collector really reminds me of Mugatu from Zoolander. I've never seen Zoolander. I've never seen it either. <laughs> it's yeah. one of Matthew's like favorite movies of all time. It's um Will Ferrell's character yeah. in When's, Zoolander. Real question, when is Ben Stiller coming to the MCU? Right? Right? There's there's gotta be a museum somewhere that needs a night guard. He's just basically Ant Man. Actually, I would love. Give me an episode of What If. I know you're listening, Feige. Give us an episode of What <laughs> If, where literally it's Night at the Museum, but it's Night at the Collectors, and it's uh, this character be- from Night at the Museum. Literally, just you know, there Kevin he is, Feige loves and that would be it. That would be it. He's like one of he's one of our biggest biggest listeners. Yeah, for sure. He, he's on the top Patreon tier. <laughs> yeah, that that's what I want. Ben Stiller and Night at the Museum at the Collectors. Let's start a light letter campaign. <laughs> Our top patron, <laughs> K Feige XOXO one one one. Wouldn't that be the dream? But I do Never love know. all of the Easter eggs that are in. We've got a the dark book. elf. We have originally his Atari. cameo was supposed to be in this. It was supposed to be his cameo mm-hmm. was supposed to be in this scene. That's what it was. It wasn't with Ronan. It was with this. Yeah. Originally, Stanley was supposed to be in one of the cases flipping flipping that off the camera, but they felt like it wasn't family friendly enough. Yeah. That'd be That's... funny. Yeah. You get the Shatowry. You get, um, you get Cosmo, the space dog. 
as you've referenced 500 times. He's important. Howard the mm-hmm. Duck. Yeah, we got Howard the Duck Howard in the... Uh... the Duck is one of Brian's top five Marvel movies of all time. Yeah, that was like one of the first things we... When we asked him to introduce himself on the podcast, like tell the people who he is, that was like one of the first things he said was, was Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to lie. We're a little young to get that reference. I mean, so... uh... It was, I think, the first rated R Marvel movie. It looks horrifying is what it is. Sorry, Brian. You know, I I think I... I'll find it for you. I think we need to do like a watch. I've never seen it either. I kind of want to do it now. Um, Because content, right? But also, you all see those uh, memes that have been going around lately. It's like he's a 10 or she's a 10, but... Yeah. I was going to make... I'm going to make one soon. Um, like to app Brian, I want to start. A, I want to start me more with this guy, but it's gonna be like he's he's a ten, but Howard the Duck is in his top five MCU movies. Yeah, Howard the. For context, y'all, like go follow Mr. Marvel, uh, or go listen to our Thor Dark World episode. He talks a little bit about it, but if y'all are missing that, uh, Mr. Marvel's minutes available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Brian's awesome. Mm-hmm. We love you, Brian. But uh, Cosmo is actually the leader of the uh, security of the unknown in the comics, and then the Guardians video game on Xbox and PlayStation. Oh, I just beat the game, and yeah, it's. It took me a while, and I finally got uh, PS Five, so I can actually run something uh, not on a toaster. So good, so good. I wish the Guardians would. This isn't even about Guardians of the Galaxy. I just wish the Guardians would be part of the Marvel Avengers game. We couldn't get through that Marvel's Avengers game. He's a 10, but he loves the Marvel Avengers game. Okay. I, don't love it. I don't love it. Matthew's I, a big gamer boy. Yeah. I stream on Twitch. Oh, and... Spider-Man and Spider-Man Miles Morales is is what we, it was our jam. Um, so in this scene with the collector, <laughs> we get uh, introduced to the concept of the Infinity Stones, which or, I was glad to have. Or more of their past and yeah. making. I was glad to have finally explained to me because I've known that they existed for forever. I just had no idea, like, what any of them do or why we want them. <laughs> so it was kind of nice to to finally understand that little piece. I still have. It's issues. not a little piece; it's a big piece. I still have issues with the ether one from Thor Dark World. Oh, yeah. We had a whole tangent on... Brian and Matthew had this whole thing where they don't think that the Dark Elves used the ether properly. So they were both frustrated with that. Man, I mean, that's why they lost, right? Well, yeah, I well, mean... Twice. Twice, yeah. I mean, they're the only race that knew how ether worked 100%, and they didn't even use ether to its full potential. I think the Dark Elves using the ether correctly would have been just putting a... a, a bunch of people in the crowd just cheering on thor dark world yeah that movie yeah. was amazing <laughs> yeah that was the make or break point right <laughs> yeah not not the best movie no, i'm a dark world stan i like it See, i liked it i liked it way better than the first one way better just wait you watch me. the third one and then you then you you'll be like oh the movie's hot trash so then drax like goes like full in ego montoya have you guys seen princess bride yeah okay he's I literally like prepared to die. you killed my you killed my family prepare to die basically <laughs> 
Uh, and, uh, I thought, yeah, he did. He went like full in Ego Montoya, which I know it was a poignant moment, but I kind of was laughing at that. that. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this movie reminds me of Wizard of Oz. Interesting. Why Wizard um, of Oz? <laughs> there's a whole scene where they're talking to Thanos and it reminds me of the scene where they're talking to the wizard like where the wizard's face is like blown up on that big wall yeah, and yeah and I don't know why I'm impressed it, you know that because I don't <laughs> Zordon is from the Power Rangers that's what I was like wait a minute what <laughs> I thought Ronan's ship was really cool. It like was like this corkscrew kind of thing. And it also kind of reminded me of a bird a little bit. The way that it was flying. That was really cool. I thought that. Um, that you know, I've seen Monsters, uh, Monsters, Inc. and Monsters University. Yeah. Not for a very long yeah. time, but yeah. You know, one of the monsters that's like literally just like this like slimy looking guy looks like a football and like the just tentacle arm things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I, whenever I see his ship, I think of that. I just think of just the the one monster that literally is just like I think it's purple, has a bunch of eyes, and then just. Really, I like, need to oh, do like spoilers. a this episode out of context and just have that monster, Wizard of Oz, um, and like a bunch of other like really random things. That's gonna drive me nuts, but yeah, that's that's what I see all the time. I thought it's always a weird kind of ship design. It also makes me think of a croissant. Uh, <laughs> croissant. Uh, I thought it kind, of, it kind of looked like a flying eagle a little bit in some angles, but I don't. I still don't think they are as cool as the dark elves ships in Dark World. Those ships are dope as hell. Couldn't even tell you what those look like. I've watched Dark World like three times. That movie is terrible. They look like throwing axes. Yeah, and apparently they're powered. I found on a on a. MCU wiki page that apparently those ships are powered by dark uh, black, holes. black holes. It was it was an MCU wiki page, so take that with a grain of salt. But still, like I thought it was cool. Ending at that point, right? They like trying to figure out what they're yeah, going it's on and do. They get picked up by the Ravagers. Which fun fact: the Ravagers AI is Rob Zombie. Huh. Uh-huh. Interesting. Rob course. Zombie apparently is really good friends with uh, James Gunn. Of course he is. I mean, we get cameos in the prison scene. This movie reunites Michael Rooker, Greg Henry, Mike, uh, Nathan Fillion, Rob Zombie, and Lloyd Kaufman, who are all in James' feature film debut, Slither, in 06, as well as Super in 2010. And you see the little Slither alien things in uh, the collector's vault, too. Mm-hmm. There's a guys. lot of Easter eggs in the collector's vaults. If you go frame by frame, there's a ton. I mean, at this point in the franchise, wasn't the wasn't the franchise known for like constant Easter eggs? Not yet. I would say the Easter eggs start more after Age of Ultron is when a lot more Easter eggs come. Polite. Spider-Man: Far From Home. The king of Easter eggs. Spider-Man: No Way Home. King no of the Easter home. eggs. There you go. I oh can't. I can't say I've ever heard of the movie Slither. Yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, it's a fun time. I watched creepy. it, and it's. It's interesting. Um, yeah. They do the escape pods, and and Peter says, uh, yeah. and then and then Gamora's like about to die, 
Peter calls the the Ravagers or Star Lord calls the Ravagers, puts uh, this guy on, I... Gamora, on Gamora's face, and he almost kicks the bucket to save Gamora's life before Yondu brings them in. And then uh, Rocket has to team up with Groot and Drax to go save uh, Peter and Gamora. That um, I, I remember making a mental note of that for some reason. I never read it down. Um... <laughs> she, she rejects him, and then he saves her life. So now she yeah. loves him because movies. It does kind of remind me of the end of Hercules. Megara? Where he... Megara? Oh, Meg. yeah. Meg. Yeah. A little Meg. bit. I just this is how my brain works. I watch a scene and it immediately makes me think of something completely different. <laughs> we have blah, blah, blah. we have this big battle with all of the uh, with Ronan and all of his people. Like the Nova Corps too. So, so yeah, no, the Nova Corps have to protect Xandar from Ronan, and he's like coming down, and they all interlock in a really cool scene. But... Yeah, that was really cool. So. So that was part of the plan. They were in the sky, and uh, and Rocket and Groot and Drax make this gun, and they're getting ready to shoot uh, the Ravager ship. And uh, he goes, Rocket, we're fine, we're fine. He goes, oh, hi, Quill. And then they go on, and he says, oh, you know, I have, I have part of a plan. He says, well, how much of a plan do you have? He goes, oh, like 11%. And and he goes, that's barely even a plan. And Groot says, I am Groot. And he goes, what do you mean it's better than 10%? What does that matter? How does Rocket speak Groot? Yeah, it was it was an elective on Asgard. Yeah. I think he actually does explain it or reference it somehow, too. But I thought Rocket could understand him because of, I thought he was put with a um, like a chip that could understand everyone. Like any alien race. You know how they say there's an app for that? He's probably got an implant for that. Yeah. yeah probably Duolingo. <laughs> Duolingo. God, I wish we could secure a Duolingo sponsorship. <laughs> no hurt in trying. Yeah. But yeah. So, so their plan is to go to Xandar and ask for help. And, you know, they're basically playing that game, that arcade game where you like, the ship on the bottom trying to shoot the ships coming in mm -hmm. on the top. Space Invaders. Galaga. Or Galaga. Space Which one? Batman is playing Galaga. Galaga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Galaga. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, P uh, Quill sends a message to the Nova Corps, and then they decide to help, and he says, they got my dick message! Which is one of the best lines in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So they all, like, lock in place, and he's just gunning at them, and you know, and then everybody goes to the ground and starts shooting up like that Galaga game. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Go on. Uh, and then we... Is that where we get We Are Group? Then? Yes. Yeah. Because the ship is falling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does, is the nest a shield? Like he, the group, it creates yes. almost like a nest. Yes. Yeah. An issue, okay, I do have an issue with a certain scene in the ship. So when Gamora says... Ronan's thr throne is impenetrable. She jumps through the floor and breaks through. Why didn't they just, instead of dealing with the lock, why not just have her break the floor and jump in? Why go through with this undoing the lock for the door? 
Because that'd be and boring. The was to be impenetrable. The door was impenetrable, and the floor was supposed to be impenetrable. Well, I'll be honest. I think it'd probably be boring if they just, in a moment of uh, trying to just get the plan over with and get it done and try and you know, save as many lives as possible, just going to do something like that. Plus, it's the Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't think they really have, like, as Louis was talking about, they only had like 12% of a plan, so they had I mean, at least 15, maybe they would have been able to, like, we can go through this door. of a plan. Maybe. Yeah, so they try to shoot, or they do shoot Ronan with the the Rhino. That's not what it's called. That's from Ratchet and Clank. But the big gun. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't do anything. So, no. It just bounces oh, off him. I completely forgot to mention the little arrow thing that um, the Yon, Yon, has. Yon, Yondu. Yondu has. That we were, we, we were mentioning that was like one of the coolest weapons that in this entire movie. That cool weapon that. is loosely based off of his actual comic book weapon. In the comics, he's an archer. Okay. And so in the movie, they made him a ravenger, while in the comics, he's a tribal leader. And so he uses bow and arrow, and so I doubt a Ravager would use bow and arrow, so they gave him that sentient arrow. I just thought it was really cool. Yeah, I was uh, pretty excited. I was like, whoa, this is something new. I like that. Yeah, I, it was different. Groot is basically yeah. just a stick at this point, and then yeah. Ronan's getting ready to press the Power Stone staff into the ground, thus destroying Xandar. But then you hear... Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. And then, like, you look over, and Quill's just like, "Dance off, bro, me and you." And and, uh, and everyone is confused. Yeah, and then and then and then, uh, what does he say? Uh, Ronan says, "What are you doing?" And he says, "I'm distracting you, you turd blossom, or something like that." Mm-hmm. I think and that's actually. They, yeah. Yeah, and then they look over, and Rocket's got the gun again, and he shoots the. Uh, the hammer. Yeah. The, I don't know if it's a hammer, but it's a thing. And like yeah, the time stone fl- or time stone. The power stone flies out, and then Peter grabs it, but he he's supposed to die, and he starts to die, and then and then Gamora's like, "Peter, take my hand," just like his mom from earlier in the movie. Yeah, and uh, he does, and then they all join together, except for mm-hmm. Groot because he's just a stick now. Yeah, and he says, "Who are you?" And he said. Show yourself, we're the guardians of the galaxy. And then he's like, oh, and he presents it and it just destroys him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what happened in between that and the Nova. Thank Force. you for being better at my job of hosting my own podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> I do host my own, well, not my own, but I do host a podcast as well. I just, my ADD is like, when it comes to synopses, I have a really hard time remembering details. Um, this is my third favorite Marvel movie, as we figured out. It's okay. Yeah. I'm the same way with Harry Potter movies. I can literally rattle them off, like, scene by scene and, like, line by line. So I can I can quote – I can probably quote the first three, probably. Yeah, that, that damn Bathilda Bagshot. She's a thing. <laughs> I Maybe. <laughs> yep, she's a thing. Yeah, yeah she's I there. Know you're talking about. And then, as you said, they go into Nova Prime's office or whatever, and their their bad things get expunged, and they're free to live. And then they're, you know, said he's got some power in him or some somebody. Well, because they they had some comments about his dad, and then because my thought was like, who's his dad? And then I, being a citizen of the internet, 
it's hard to avoid, especially when you follow a bunch of Marvel people online and stuff. And I saw somebody in referencing, I don't remember who it was, uh, but somebody on, I think it was Instagram or Twitter, somebody was saying that Peter Quill's dad is, a, is an alien of some kind. That's all I know. I don't have any context for it. I mean, technically, Peter's an alien. Technically, yeah. Technically, in a loose he's way. Yeah, true. I guess he's an alien to them. Um, we got dancing Groot. Well, yeah, they they talk about his dad a little bit, and then John C. Riley takes him out, and he's just like, "Oh, you know, you guys are free to do your thing, but don't break any laws, or we will come get you." And then, and then you know, they have a few jokes there. What if someone has something that I want more? Like that's still stealing. It's like, but <laughs> what I if I want... rip somebody's spine out? I really, out? really want it. <laughs> Yeah, like I but you don't really understand. Want I wanted more than him, sir. <laughs> Rocket's the best man. That's that's murder. Literally the worst thing you can do. <laughs> okay. Mm. It walks away. Yeah. And then they get into the Milano and they're like, What should we do? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? And then they all like cheer or whatever and he goes, oh, a bit of both. Yeah, the, uh, the there's a, a shot at the end of the Novacore building. I'm assuming that's what they based the uh, the ride at Disney off of is the Novacore building. Uh, they so. have the when ship they, for sure. When they rebranded um, Tower, Tower of Terror. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. There's that one is more rides. about the collector. Yeah, I'm thinking the one in Disney World that just opened up. That's Cosmic yeah, Rewind. It has a Novacore ship outside of it. For the record, I haven't been to either one, so I can't. I, not, I, can't. Not I. I just watch a lot of Disney Park YouTube videos. I have a Same. bad um, There's one in Disneyland that is a rebrand off of Tower of Terror. That is, I'm pretty sure that's the Novacore building. And then there's the one that just opened at Disney World is the, I keep getting ads for it, um, is like, it's like Cosmic. Cosmic, cosmic Rewind. Cosmic Rewind. That's what I keep wanting to call yeah. it Cosmic Wonder for some reason. I don't know what that even means. Yeah, and the one in Disneyland in California, that's supposed to actually be the collector's place. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, Terry Crews shows up. Yeah, he's in like the videos for it. Um, huh. I, I don't, don't want to tell you why Terry Crews shows up, but there's a reason he shows up. I love Terry Crews. Like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is like one of my all-time favorite movie- shows of all time. So I don't even know. I don't remember why he shows up. So Terry Crews, no, he's not. Never mind. Never mind. I'm wrong. I think I know what you're thinking of now, Louie. I was thinking that in Guardians 2, he was at the end of Guardians 2. But that was Ving Rhames, so I'm, I'm wrong. End credit scene is Howard <clears throat> the Duck. Shout out to you, Brian. What do you let him lick you like that for? Gross. I found that rendering of Howard the Duck incredibly unsettling. It's not. Yeah. It's pretty it much almost unsettling. identical to the movie that they made. No, I don't like it. Sorry, Brian. It's very, <laughs> it's almost exactly the same as the movie. Are we gonna do an episode? We should do a special episode on Howard the Duck. I think that would well, be fun. You think you think that they look the same, the movie and then this one? Is that they what you're look, saying? They look pretty similar. Oh no, that movie is horrifying. The rendering now is like much sleeker True. and 
I thought it was a whole. I think they're both. The movie he's like little and chunky, and in this one he's like slender, and I feel like he's smoking a cigar or something. No, it reminds. I think it's the reason why I find it unsettling is that it reminds me of those video games that the humans look too real, and it creeps me out a little bit. Fair enough. Just saying. So apparently, Chris Pratt cites Han Solo and Marty McFly as influences. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is part of why we got the Chris Pratt is literally everything, including Mario. This is, I mean, besides Park uh-huh. and Rec, I mean, this is really what launched him into becoming like the go-to male lead actor for action stuff. Because he was literally just on Parks and Rec before this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he was in that Army movie. True. Before yeah. this. Was that mm-hmm. Black, Black Hawk Down or yeah, it was Black one, Hawk of those, Down. one of those movies where he got all jacked for that movie? <laughs> I, could but, I mean, I know a lot of people weren't extremely happy that they announced that it was going to be uh, him doing it because everyone saw him as his Park and Rec character. Andy Dwyer. Yeah, yeah he, they saw him as Andy Dwyer. He's kind of a doofus. Yeah, not as an action person. That's like somebody like a, like an Andy Samberg in a movie like this. Like, it's the same kind of caliber. Can you imagine, like, a Jake Peralta being star lord or somebody like that. i bad. think he would be a, a, a great star lord honestly uh-huh. yeah i think i think andy samberg uh-huh. should be a movie. I think zero be dark a 30 not ah, that's not it. black hawk down I, they're very similar movies if i'm if i'm remembering correctly Isn't his co-star from uh Aren't classic they? world in that movie also with him was it the, about, uh, bryce, bryce dallas, dallas howard? howard yeah no that's Jessica Chastain is in Zero Dark Thirty. Okay. They look really similar, though. So a lot of the fun facts I found about James Gunn specifically, the man's a weird dude. Yeah, he is. Watch Slither. <laughs> uh, this dude also did both Scooby-Doo movies. Hey, I stand by uh, those Scooby-Doo movies. They are a, like, up, that's dog? like a time. It's uh, a time capsule. I have dog? those movies scarred <laughs> into my brain. Apparently. Yep, we do. Oh, my God. I didn't know they were James Gunn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. That makes so, a lot more sense now. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. James Gunn would keep a little pile of Play-Doh containers and he would give them out as gifts if somebody did a really good job because, quote, I love the smell of Play-Doh. And <laughs> of course he does. Container and smelling it puts me in a creative childlike place. Did you guys uh, ever dabble into like the like bonus content of it? Because I never knew about it until I was rewatching it uh, like a couple months ago. They uh, have a really, really good for this movie. Uh, and it's on Disney Plus. You can see on the extras side. But basically, they have this own little, like, 8-bit video game-looking version of going through the movie and, like, doing Easter eggs and all that as they kind of, like, do their, like, making of documentary. It's, like, t- maybe, like, 15, 20 minutes. But it's really well done. Yeah. Like, James Gunn, all of the all of the fun facts I found out about him specifically. Like, apparently, he gave Dave Bautista Drax lunchbox. <laughs> As a gift, apparently, nice. Dave Batista collects vintage lunchboxes. Huh. And then Batista and gave championships. Uh, Batista <laughs> gave Chris Pratt and Zoe Saldana Anna a custom WWE championship belt. Ah. Those are probably worth a lot, though. Mm-hmm. Probably worth pretty much nothing, if I had to guess. Yes, he no. quit. He quit apparently wrestling. He- he also had to spend like nine hours in makeup every single day, or five. Yeah, five that's like five. the same thing with like Jim Carrey when he did The Grinch. He had to spend like twelve hours in makeup or something, 
And like he had like PTSD from the makeup alone on that movie. That's absolute insanity to me. And that's why he's trying to kill Sonic now. So <laughs> Well, that just about wraps Guardians of the Galaxy. He did open the present from his mom and it was the awesome yeah. mix volume two. Yeah. Okay. Which is the music for Guardians Two. Yeah, is that like basically the we're definitely doing a second one kind of thing? Yeah, because they even say Guardians is yeah, I got so stoked when I first saw that in the scenes. I was like, "The Guardians will return." I was like, "Damn, I I I miss that era, especially like in Phase Two and all that." When like they would say like, "Blah blah blah, will return." Like, oh heck yeah! Like, oh, it gets me so yeah. stoked. It's like, are they in their own movie? Are they gonna show up in another movie? It's so cool. But well, anybody else have anything to say? It's a great movie. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, overall, overall, I'm not sure how I feel about this movie. To be completely honest, it was fun, but it like wasn't doesn't stack in my favorites like i still like iron man and captain america better actually I know... that's a good question uh since you're like well, part a are you going to be seeing thor love and thunder before you finish the rest of them like uh movies leading no. to it probably not no so <laughs> love and thunder comes I out probably... like next week yeah so. that's to say you gotta will. power through i probably will <laughs> Because I still need to watch Doctor Strange. Because when we record these episodes, like, we record them, we try to record them, like, a day or two after we watch the movies. Uh -huh. So, as of recording this episode, I haven't seen any farther than uh -uh. than this movie. Gotcha. So, where does this movie want... stand in your, like, yeah. current, like, up um, to what you've seen so far? Where do you, what do you rank this in? Right, probably somewhere in the middle. Um, mm -hmm. My tops are, like, Iron Man and Captain America, the first Captain America. I couldn't tell you why I like certain movies over others. I just, I, I don't know. You gravitate towards what you like. You saw Winter Soldier, right? Yeah. And you liked the first Captain America better? <laughs> I was yes. wondering what your look was. I didn't dislike Winter Soldier. You hurt my heart. I didn't dislike Winter Soldier. I just think I liked the first Winter Soldier is my number one film in the MCU. Oh, hurt my heart. And I'm a diehard Spidey fan. Winter Soldier will always be my favorite. It's so oh. damn good. Thor Ragnarok's my favorite, but I, I I thought I thought all of them except for personally, I just really didn't like Thor. Really didn't like Thor. Uh, I thought most of the movies were a good. They were a good time. <clears throat> like I enjoyed them, but I like still like Captain America, and I can't decide which which iron man is my favorite i really liked one in three and then like two just under those two's the best i have weird takes i know <laughs> i want my board <laughs> i love i love iron man 2 i'm sorry i'm gonna stand for iron man 2 that oh, movie is hilarious i love it i want my bird we can burn him we're gonna multiply I genuinely, the only one that I can say that I dislike is Thor. There, and there were large parts of Hulk I didn't like, but I I still had a good time. Well, you haven't seen The Eternals. I'm not looking forward to rewatching that. You want to talk about romance? <laughs> hey. Unnecessary romance is what I really... I don't, I don't know if it's unnecessary, but... Um... It doesn't add anything to the story in Eternals. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I liked... Guardians of the Galaxy. Personally, I don't think it lived up to the hype that a lot of people were telling me. 
Oh mm. uh, yeah, that's that's the problem. Is everybody's like, just wait till you watch this, and then you're like expecting yeah. so much. But for, yeah. when we saw it, it was like, who cares about these guys? You know, we just watched the mm-hmm. Avengers two years ago. Yeah, that movie is nothing is ever going to beat that movie. We we were wrong, but yeah. So when we went and saw it, it was like just a bunch of ragtag guys nobody's ever heard of, and we watched that, and it was you know just amazing. It was so good. And uh, what was I going to say? Oh, and then DC tried to copy the thing and did the Suicide Squad, which was um, not well received. I liked it, but no, nobody else did. So Guardians just gets pushed just, up even more and more from that. I think my I, I personally prefer the individual movies. I just think that it's easier for me to i already established i'm like super add so like i i it's easier for me to wrap my brain around the character development and the story when it's like you know a handful of characters as opposed to like this group as a whole and so i'm i'm looking forward to seeing more of these characters and learning more about them i just i think really what it comes down to is i had i had so many people building this movie up to me that I'm not sure if it lived up to that. Hmm. So, do you guys have Age of Ultron next? Is that, am I yep. right? Yep. Yes. Yep. Next episode will be Age of Ultron. Age the of Ultron. Then that's the end of Phase Two, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Age wow. of Ultron is good. Um, it is. I have heard nothing. I have like zero expectations. A- going Age in. of Ultron is good. I will tell you this: it is the worst mm-hmm. Avengers movie, but it's still really good. So. <laughs> Take that I with, hear you know. so much about Infinity War and so much about Endgame that I have high expectations for those. But Age of Ultron, I hear nothing. Oh, oh, Infinity War and Endgame, without giving you too much, those are those are phenomenal movies. The first record. Avengers was also a phenomenal movie. So this one had a, <laughs> had a lot to live up to. It just didn't quite get there, but it's still really good, I'd say. Yeah. Avengers is my rainy day movie. Like, if I'm like, you know, Crappy weather, just want to like feel like comfort. That, I watched the Avenger, Avengers. I can see that, frankly. I love. I, honestly, Phase One is my favorite phase in the MCU. I love it to this day. I oh, just man. wonder how long they're going to do Phase Four. Well, it's ending soon. I mean, it also has the most movies because it has all the TV shows in it. Yeah, we were just talking about this the other day, right, Louis? Wasn't like over yeah. like eighteen, like twenty pieces of content basically by the time it's like gonna finish. Yeah, it's wild. I was just telling Devin the other day, I was folding laundry, watching Infinity War, and I was like, I don't know, man, this movie's damn good. I just can't believe we're already towards the end of Phase 2. I feel like we just started. Yeah, yeah. The beginning Phase is, 3 is long. It, at the beginning, yeah, you got five movies or whatever to get you to Phase 1, and then Phase 2 is seven movies or six movies. Because Marvel is such a beast and it's ongoing, we... We're not sure where to, because eventually we want this podcast to branch out to other fandoms. And if we go on to other fandoms, and we know full well they're going to continue to make other stuff. Stop after Endgame. Take a break there. We've been told that. Continue saga. (laughs) saga. Anywho, let's uh, wrap this guy up for everybody who's still here. (laughs) Tell the people where to find you guys and, um, yeah, all that. 
All right, everybody. Uh, I'm sure you're sick of my dumb voice. My name is Louie, uh, my wonderful podcast partner here. I'm Devin. <laughs> Devin, <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know. We are, Earth, apparently. we are Earth 894. We are available on... Where does that name come from, by the way? I was oh, curious. Yeah, we didn't tell a story. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Finally, trivia. somebody asked. Um, Devin and I were both born in August of 1994. So we're... Uh, I was born in September 94. I was yes. born in so 94. So this almost... whole podcast has been making these jokes, making us feel old. We're the same age. Yeah, you were <laughs> almost part of 894. But so, yeah, we were, we were born... Uh, a couple days apart, August of 94. That's where the 894 comes from. Yeah, because we were trying to come up with names and everything, and we thought of, like, Phase 894. And then I think Louie was, like, Earth. And it made so much sense because, you know, like, how they introduced in Far From Home. Uh, ideas. Because we were both, like, I, I was asking Matthew, I was like, is it, like, a name of somebody's ship? Is it, what is it? <laughs> I was thinking, is, I, know that there, I know that there's a Marvel Universe, I think, is, like, 894. If so there is, we're going to rip it. The day they so say not, Earth 894 yet. in the MCU, best believe I'm about to rip that to the day we die. Yeah, I'm going to use that sound yeah. drop immediately. I've, I've been literally been trying to find... Oh, I can't... Never mind. I can't say it. Never mind. Never mind. I'm going to spoil a Spider-Man piece, so never mind. Yeah. So I'm trying to work on sound clips artificially to make it sound like Earth 894 <laughs> organically. Okay. So That's we're, we're available luck. on Instagram, all podcasts, like I said, all podcast players, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, I guess. Uh, we have our own website, Devin. Yeah, so uh, all that is going to be at Earth894 Podcast on all the platforms, but you can go check us out, see your full list of episodes, interviews, everything, uh, www.earth894podcast.com, and you can find everything. we got a Discord. we got it all. Thank you so much, you guys, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Y'all go check them out, even though we all probably came from them. So, <laughs> oh, good. Thanks so much for having us on. It's been a blast doing this and kind of like taking a break from trying to stay, you know, with the ongoing content, like with Miss Marvel rewatch or like watch going on review. It's kind of nice to just kind of have a nice discussion about like a something in the past a little bit. So it's kind of like invigorating and. Yeah, it was good to have a retrospective part. Gave me a reason to watch one of my favorite movies again. Because at oh, that I point, said. it's not like you're not just watching it because you're like bored or doing something. You're like, no, honey, I'm like, I'm studying. I'm doing it's 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 work related. I'm doing work right now. Let me watch the damn movie. You know, it's just it's work. It. <laughs> yeah, that's the goal, right? Thank you so much. Uh, we next week we are covering Age of Ultron, and um, yeah, we'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. If you would like to send us any feedback or any messages you can follow us over on instagram at the fan club underscore podcast or on twitter at fan club underscore podcast or you can discuss each episode with us over on our subreddit which is which is reddit.com slash r slash the fan club podcast and make sure that you tune in every marvel monday <laughs>